Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Sandy Alcantara versus the core and ask me questions if I was confusing. There is scuttlebutt. There is there is a rumor. There is an article on MLBTradeRumors.com that the Miami Marlins are contemplating a an extension for starting pitcher Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara may be receiving a an extension. I can hear it. I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. Probably a bit of a high-pitched wail, sort of a howl, sort of a screeching kind of noise. Why are the Marlins giving Sandy Alcantara an extension when the Cubs didn't give any of their good players an extension. I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. And people haven't even started saying it yet, but I can still hear it. Now, first off, there's, there's a few problems with the entire premise. Um, I'll start with the Cubs angle. I'll start with the Cubs angle. Chris Bryant signed a, maybe a little bit slow down here, I think, because uh, probably worth it. Chris Bryant signing bonus. Chris Bryant signed for $12,685,406. No, that's his his total um, earnings. Um, signing bonus was six, six million, six point seven million. Chris Bryant's signing bonus was six point seven million. So, by the time Chris Bryant walked into Mesa to play his first and I think his only game for the Mesa Solar Sox, no, for the Mesa, um, Mesa Cubs. He'd already made $6.7 million. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Chris Bryant's family. I don't, not really all that interested. But it sounds like they started off reasonably well-to-do anyway. It's not like, you know, they had $6.7 million sitting around. But there was some money there. There was some money there. Chris Bryant, by the time he signed with the Cubs, had a $6.7 million signing bonus. Now, he had a pretty good hunch he was going to be okay. I would imagine he probably spent a little bit of his signing bonus, but probably a whole bunch of it he saved. No, I'll, I'll, I'll just put this away. I'll put this away for the wedding. I'll put this away for later. So he puts that away for later. He has this fractional year. Then his first full year of the minor leagues, he's minor league player of the year. 
Minor League Player of the Year. Hint, hint, hint. He's probably going to make a decent amount of change in Major League Baseball. And remember, he's still got $6.7 million sitting. He's got $6.7 right over there. However much he put there, you know, maybe maybe it's only 5.2, but whatever it is, he's got a whole bunch up there. He's all good. He's fine for finances. First year, second year, third year, gets to arbitration, da 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 da. Now he's up to career uh 12.685465. So he he's made over 12 million. I don't know if that I don't think that includes 2021. But he knew he was financially well off. So there was no reason for Chris Bryant to sign a piddly extension. There was no reason. No reason, no need, no point. He didn't. Now, let's switch to Javier Baez. Javier Baez was a bit more up in the air as far as whether he will be good or not. But he is here in front of... He was a year in front, um, no, he's two years in front of Chris Bryant. Um, made it to Major League Baseball before Chris Bryant. Javier Baez signing bonus, $2.6 million signing bonus. Not quite 7.6, but 2.6. That's still a decent chunk of change. I don't know how much he spent right away. I imagine he probably put you know a million and a half over there. It's in the corner. Don't need it right now. We'll we'll get we'll get to it when we need it. And once he made to the major leagues, again, same kind of sort of thing. He knew I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be fine. I got enough money sitting over there. I'm going to do well enough as a professional. I'm gonna get paid well. I don't have to sign a piddly signing bonus. I don't have to. I'm gonna have enough money. It's not going to be necessary for me to go sign a piddly signing bonus. So now let's check on Kyle Hendricks, who, oh, wait a minute. Kyle Hendricks did sign an extension. Kyle Hendricks did sign an extension. So I guess it's not a case of the Cubs signed zero extensions to any players. They signed an extension for Kyle Hendricks, and Kyle Hendricks is still under that contract. Okay, now let's check Anthony Rizzo. He, oh, oh my goodness, Anthony Rizzo signed an extension. Anthony Rizzo, in part, perhaps, signed an extension because he had health concerns. Hodgkin's lymphoma, was it? Um, so he didn't know for absolutely sure that he was going to be able to make it and survive and all that kind of stuff. So he ended up signing an extension, and it didn't really work out all that well for him. Um, as far as Cubs treating him in a fashion that he wanted to get treated after he signed the signing bonus. So probably in the locker room once in a while, he would possibly mention to people, you know, you really might not want to sign that extension because this and that and the other thing. So there were very possibly instances where Anthony Rizzo told players, no, you probably don't want to sign that. Probably, maybe, don't want to sign that. Probably wouldn't be a good idea. <sighs> so, Chris Bryant, it never made sense. Javier Baez, it really didn't make sense. Anthony Rizzo signed an extension. Kyle Hendricks signed an extension. Now let's go back to the original topic of this podcast, of this conversation. Sandy Alcantara 
His signing bonus with the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2013 was $125,000. $125,000. Now, that's not horrible money, but $125,000, some of that went to his um, Buscone, his trainer. Trainers usually get, what, a third to a a half, something like that. So now he's already down to like $70,000. Now he's got to pay some to the government. And then he went through the entire Cardinals minor league farm system. And then he got traded to the Marlins. He went through their farm system. And then he finally, 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 finally got promoted to the major leagues. And in 2019, he made $555,000. Which, again, it's good money, but now he's to the point where, you know, if he wants to buy a house, he's finally able to actually go out and do something. He didn't have a $7.6 million signing bonus. He was traded in December of 2017. Ooh, here's a trade. Uh, Daniel Castano, Zach Gallen, Meg Sierra, and Sandy Alcantara for Marcel Ozuna. Wow. I was told that the Marlins got screwed on that trade. They didn't. Um, Gallon traded for uh, oh, that infielder that they have, uh, Jazz Chisholm. Um, so why is it that Sandy Alcantara will be willing to sign a an extension when possibly some other players don't? He doesn't have $88 billion sitting aside. He doesn't have it over in that pocket there, over in that drawer. Open it up. Yeah, I've got like $17,000 bills. No, that's not how it works. Not with a player who comes from international backing, from an international signing standpoint, and he only signed for $125,000 anyway. Sandy Alcantara... He's gotten paid the last couple years. But, you know and I know, if his elbow, if his arm, if his shoulder, if his anything blows out, he's not going to get paid jack. So, when you have a pitcher who is from the international waters and he only signed a $125,000 signing bonus, that's why he's more willing to sign a signing um, an extension than players who really had no reason to sign one. It doesn't boil down to I'm going to be a dick and I'm not going to sign that. It boils to what is the upside for the player in doing that? Javier Baez wants to get paid. Wants to get paid maximum dollars. The Cubs didn't really want to pay him maximum dollars. If he wanted to sign a four-year extension for, oh, I don't know, 15 per, yeah, they'd be happy to do that. But as far as, you know, eight, nine, ten years, Francisco Lindor deal, no, the Cubs had no interest in doing that. And frankly, by the time it got to the point where Baez was possibly going... It, there's no reason for him to sign it unless he was going to get a max deal. So, let's look at Wilson Contreras now. Again, he was in the same locker room as Anthony Rizzo talking about, yeah, you might not want to do that. You might want to do that. 
might not want to do that. So uh, he's doing fairly well in the minor leagues, getting a lot of publicity in the minor leagues, and he wins the World Series in his first uh, fractional major league season, and he starts getting a whole lot of positive vibra uh, vibrations and uh, you know a whole bunch of... At what point was Wilson Contreras going to say, yeah, I'm going to sign for some piddly deal? He wasn't going to. There's no reason for Wilson Contreras to sign some piddly deal. There's none. If the Cubs are going to sign a player to an extension, they're going to sign a player to an extension. It almost has to be a player who is not filthy rich. You know, if somebody signs a $4 million signing bonus, let's use Jordan Wicks for a second. Jordan Wicks for a second. What's his signing bonus? About $3 million, give or take, whatever. Not going to look that one up. By all the sounds of it, he comes from a reasonably well-off family. $3 million, reasonably well-off family, He's probably put almost all of that in the bank, all that into investments, all that into, you know, adding stuff for the future, etc., that kind of stuff. Maybe maybe some of it's going into, uh, this will be in the wedding fund or what you know, whatever it is. But Jordan Wicks will not, I don't imagine he's going to spend a whole lot of time in the minor leagues if he's healthy. He'll probably be up at the major league level at some point reasonably soon. And then it'll be a question of when would he prove he's worth a seriously legitimate extension? It'll take a couple of years. And then by the time he gets to the point where, well, you know, I've pretty much proven I'm going to be good anyway. So there's really no reason to sign an extension. If you're going to sign an extension, most of the time it works a whole lot better if it's for, with a player who doesn't come from a well-to-do background. A player that doesn't come from a well-to-do background and possibly didn't sign a huge signing bonus. Now, I'm going to jump to Fangraphs. Tell you a guy who at some point may be interested in. Uh, let's see. 2020, I think, is what I want. Going to go to that team there. Uh, scroll this sucker down. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Click on him. Is this going to show me what his signing bonus was? Signed in. Not even showing me the signing the signing date. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. Okay, there I found it. There, there I found what I'm looking for. Daniel Palencia was signed in 2019. Palencia was added to the Cubs pipeline in the 
Um, in the Andrew Chafin trade. There you go. Why do I always forget his name? I forget Andrew Chafin's name way more times than I ought to. So, Daniel Palencia was a 2019 A's signing. And came to the Cubs in 2021. I looked at his signing bonus uh, slot on the board, and his signing bonus is unlisted. Daniel Palencia's signing bonus is unlisted. Now, does that mean he only signed for $50,000? Does that mean he only signed for $10,000? Does that I don't know how much he signed for, but if it's unlisted, he didn't sign for very much. If Daniel Palencia signed for, let's say, $50,000, Let's say Daniel Palencia signed for $50,000 uh, 50, signing bonus. Could be less, could be, could be more, whatever. Okay, now if Daniel Palencia, who is presently pitching in low A, was probably be, I don't know if he'll be in Myrtle Beach or South Bend in 2022, if healthy. But uh, let's say he goes to Myrtle Beach to start. Build him up there. Move him up to South Bend. Keep moving him up there. See how he does. Hopefully move him up a little bit further. Da-da-da, et cetera, et cetera. Just like with everyone else. But if Daniel Palencia makes it to the major leagues, he would be very interested in signing extension. Why? Is it because he's less of a dick than Chris Bryant? No, it has nothing to do with that. If the Cubs were to offer Chris Bryant a six-year, $14 million deal, Chris Bryant would have absolutely laughed at it. Why do I want that deal? Why would I want that deal? What good would that deal do me? Now, if the Cubs were to offer a six-year, $14 million deal to Daniel Palencia, that's life-changing. That's completely life-changing for Daniel Palencia, who signed an insignificant signing bonus. Right now, he's making minor league money, which ain't much. I hope he's got enough to, you know, like, have food, attend a health uh, health club wherever he lives, whether it's Venezuela or wherever he is now. Different people have different responses to different amounts of money. Javier Baez was totally willing to gamble on himself whether it was going to work well for him or not. 
Chris Bryant had no reason to sign an extension. Kyle Hendricks and Anthony Rizzo did, though nobody wants to like admit to it. Each player is in their own situation. Each player is in their own situation. And if you're a player like Sandy Alcantara, who is a very good major league starting pitcher, I'm not going to say he's a one. I'm not going to say he's a two. I'm not going to say he's anything like that. But he's a good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. Let me see. What are they giving him? Um, This year, wins above replacement 4.2. Wow, he's better than I thought. He's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, he should get offered an extension. And if the numbers are right, he will probably sign an extension. And Cubs fans, especially stupid Cubs fans, and believe me, there's a lot of stupid Cubs fans. Why did the why did the Marlins offer Alcantara an extension, but the Cubs didn't offer Bryant an extension? I don't know that you can prove that the Cubs didn't offer Bryant an extension. Bryant walked in with seven million dollars. He he had no reason to sign an extension. None. Sandy Alcantara, he's one pitch away, one bad pitch away from having all of his earning power for his entire career completely gone, disappeared. Not ideal. Different players have different specific interests regarding how much they absolutely need a piddling contract extension. For some players, a piddling contract extension would be fantastic. For some, it would be insulting, even if it's the same contract. We don't know who has offered what to whom. I don't. I certainly have no idea. I have no idea on which days the Cubs offered which contract extensions to which players. None. No idea. A lot of people seem to know this stuff or they think that since they haven't seen it written down in the um, canon of Cubs literature, it hasn't happened. So after all, it if if it had happened, if it had happened, Ken Rosenthal would have told us about it. But if Ken Rosenthal didn't tell us about it, or you know, whoever it is, whoever it is, since they didn't tell us about it, it didn't happen. Well, that's not necessarily how it works. To get players to sign an extension. It's somewhat important to find players who would be interested in signing an extension, and not every player is in that category. The players who are top 10 picks in the draft probably will not be all that interested in signing an extension. A player like... um, James Triantos, who signed a 
something million dollar contract? I don't know that he's going to need to sign a contract extension. You know, I don't know. Maybe his family's completely broke and he's the he's the only way that um <laughs> his brother is getting from, you know, meal to meal. I I I strongly doubt that. He's got a whole lot of support in his family. That's that's certainly um, that's certainly clear enough. Signing bonuses, signing ex- or sign. Ugh, try that again. Extensions are a gamble for both sides. Extensions are a gamble for both sides. Kyle Hendricks. His extension looks fantastic for the Cubs because he continued to pitch very well. Anthony Rizzo's extension was fantastic for the Cubs because he continued to play quite well. David Bodie's less so because he hasn't continued to improve. When an extension is signed, one side or the other is probably going to be a little bit upset at the end. You know, if I hadn't assigned that extension, if I hadn't assigned that extension for that player, if I hadn't assigned that extension with that team, then it's, you know, it's entirely different. But we don't know. We really don't. No, until it happens. Ideally, in a pipeline, you'll have players. The Jack Peterson trade, I'm going to mention it again. I'm going to mention it again. The Jack Peterson trade. The Cubs traded away Peterson and immediately plugged in Rafael Ortega who had a better year than Jack Peterson did. That's the stinking goal. You bring up, insert player here, or you you contemplate, okay, for instance, I'll I'll use Brennan Davis. Okay, gets to be middle of the season, 2022, Brennan Davis, Cubs, eh, well, he's doing a whole lot better than AAA, might as well call him up. We're going to call him up. We're going to call him up and have him replace. Who who, who are you going to have him replace? Are you going to have have him replace the worst guy? That's one way to do it. Or are you going to find one of your outfielders who you can actually trade? Trade the one guy, get something back in return, and then bring in Brendan Davis and put him in that spot. See how that works? You've upgraded and you've added for the future. You've done both. That's generally the premise. Have enough players in your pipeline developing so that regardless who you bring up, it's not going to be that big of a come down from where you'd been. It's not going to be that big of a come down from where you'd been. It might even be an upgrade. Developing talent constantly in the pipeline makes the team always capable of 
contending. If you not, if very rarely do you have anything coming up to the major league level that's any good, then you're going to be screwed because of that. Extensions play. Extensions make the most sense two situations. One, if a player is absolutely elite. I'm not talking about, well, he's the best guy that we've had at this position in 14 years. I'm talking, he's elite. He's like top three or four in the entire game at any position. He's that good. He's going to be that good for a really long time. Then, yeah, maybe you want to sign a guy to an extension. But if a guy is moderately okay and he's popular with the fans and he does this and he does that other thing, you know, you ought to be able to have a guy in your pipeline that you're developing who's going to be about that good. It's going to be about that good. Yeah, it's going to be ugly when you trade the one guy, you get back people and, who the heck is this guy? Why didn't you have a Part of the joy of baseball is having that player who surprises the heck out of everybody. He wasn't supposed to be that good. He really wasn't supposed to be that good. But he is. We're not going to complain about it. Sometimes that happens. Not very often, but sometimes that happens. That's what you're looking for. That guy who, wow, I did not expect him to be anywhere near that good. But guess what? He is. He is that good. He is absolutely, completely that good. And that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. And if it gets to a point where there's a player who he's actually willing to sign an extension. He's willing to sign an extension. And the numbers are such that the team is also willing to say, we're willing to agree to it too. And at least for that, you know, 15-minute period, both teams are happy with the extension offer. And you do it. And it's fine, and it's wonderful, and it's great, and it's fantastic. But it only works if it makes sense for both sides. It only works if it makes sense for both sides. You know, you, you, you've heard the story of the, uh, you know, teaching, teaching the young, um, young high school kid or whatever it is, you know, well, if you're going out on a date, if it's not right for her, it's not right for you. If it's not right for both sides, then it's not going to happen. If in a case of Sandy Alcantara, just like in the case of Kyle Hendricks, just like in the case of Anthony Rizzo, if it works for Sandy Alcantara, and it works for the Marlins, then they sign an extension. But if you're talking about Chris Bryant, there is no way in the Sam Hill that Chris Bryant was going to sign for anything but a max-level deal. 
and there was no reason for the Cubs to sign him to a max level deal because whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, the Cubs do have somewhat of a spending limit. And if the Cubs were to give Chris Bryant all the money for forever, then if it's not good for both sides, it's not good for either side. If it's not good for both sides, it's not good for either side. Maybe in the future, the Cubs will have more players who are, hey, I want to stick around. And I would be willing to sign an extension to stick around. Because I actually do want to stick around even if I'm not getting max level money. Then you might get an extension. But if it's I want max level money, there's not going to be an extension. There is going to be no extension if somebody's asking for max level money. Because if you're asking for max level money, then what's the point in going with the extension thing? Extension thing is when a player doesn't get max level. Unless, of course, the player is absolutely elite. And the Cubs, as much as people don't want to admit it, probably none of the core will be a Hall of Famer in their first couple of years. You know, you might end up getting uh, eight or ten years down the line. Chris Bryant may, might make it in, or Anthony Rizzo might make it in. or what. But, but it's not going to be... Uh, one of these guys will have been a first or second year, first or second ballot Hall of Famer. They're not that elite. They were good. They were fun. It was a very enjoyable team, especially when they had a whole bunch of guys who were making about nothing. They had to work to upgrade, to make the team better. But no, extensions are generally going to go to players in situations where it's going to benefit both sides. It's going to benefit both sides. And if a player walks in to professional baseball with a $2 million, $3 million, $6 million, $9 million signing bonus, they're probably not going to have any interest in a piddly bonus, in a piddly extension. Now, if they sign for $10,000, or if they're Sandy Alcantara, and they sign for why say 125,000 something like that then yeah it'll make sense so should the cubs possibly be more prioritizing players who are international signings it would be an idea that would be an idea and it would probably lead to more players being willing to sign extensions kind of like happened with the Chicago White Sox. Thanks for stopping by. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.